I don't even know where to start from, but I'll start from where the Holy Spirit has led me. Amen. 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 Can we bow our heads in prayers? Our Father and our God, we want to say thank you so much. You who this calling is unto, this gathering is unto you. This assembly is unto you and to no one else. And so we bow our heads, we bow our hearts, we bow everything in total submission to you. Father, we ask that you would take control of the next hours that we're here. Fill my mouth with the right words to say. Let my mouth be like that of the ready writer in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray for every heart that is here this afternoon, this evening. Lord, those are desirous to hear from you. Those who are not even desirous, those who are just here because they want to be here. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would arrest every spirit. We bring everything, everyone, in subjection to the name of the Lord Jesus. For we are not unaware of the devil's devices. The Bible tells us that we have the power to pull down strongholds. Your word is a light unto our path. And the words that will be shared in the next few minutes, Lord, let it be a flood light, not just a light. Let it be a flood light to every heart, including mine, in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We worship you, Lord, for we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, church. You can be a lot more excited. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! I love this church. I love the fire here. I was saying to the woman of God earlier, and um, Pastor Olivia, who's come with me, she knows that whenever I go to worship, any, I don't like to do the traditional minister style where they wait until... Worship is said, and then they now do a glorious entry. I don't do that. <laughs> I like to be part and parcel of the worship. Because worship is therapy. Amen. We're going to talk about that later. Worship is one of the greatest forms of therapies that Christians have. And we don't use. We don't use it. I'd like to thank the set man of the house. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, it's okay for you to clap for him. <laughs> it's okay for you to clap for him. Thank you so much, Doc, for the invitation. It is a honor and it's a privilege. And I'd like to thank this beautiful, beautiful woman. God, yes, woman. <laughs> when we spoke um, this week, was it? We spoke and it was like, I was supposed to speak for about five minutes. But when they were speaking for about 25 minutes, and it was like we'd known herself for a very long time. You have a woman of God here. You have a woman who is on fire for God. You have a woman who is totally dedicated to the Lord Jesus. And we thank God for that. Can you give her a round of applause, please? Amen. Okay. I know I have very limited time. And when I say limited, that's because... Bear with me one more. Okay, that's it. That's because there's so much to cover. Mental health is a conversation that, um, how do I describe it? You can't have it in one hour. You can't, you can't talk about it in 30 minutes. You can't talk about it in two days. 
You cannot talk about all of it in three days, in four days. For those who are in the medical line, you know that you spend, uh, psychiatrists will spend about five to seven years before they become specialists as psychiatrists. A psychotherapist will spend about four years. A psychologist will spend about three, four years, depending. So for us to spend the next 40 minutes to try and cover mental health is going to be almost impossible. So what you see me do this evening is just to do a little bit touch of some of the key things. And I'm going to be weaving a lot into the scriptures because I personally believe very strongly that all forms of knowledge originated from God. Amen. Everything. Just name it. Is it law? It's originated from God. Jesus is our best advocate. He does know how to argue our case before the Father. Is it medical science? He is there. Is it accountancy? He is there. He is there on all forms. So for me, when we talk about mental health, even though we don't have that word mental health in the Bible, but we do know that there are different instances where people have been described to experience, or there's been different descriptions of what you call mental health in the Bible. And I'm going to go very quickly to one of my most favorite scriptures. This is not the favorite scripture. Some of you will get to know about it later. And that's because if you take a look at my name there, there's a middle name that God gave me, Hepsiba. And who will tell me where that scripture, where that name is from? Let's see. Isaiah 54. Well, well done. It's from Isaiah. Well done. <laughs> and Hepsiba is a special name. It's a name that God gave me at a particular period in my life. If the Lord allows, I'm going to share about it later today. So, this is a scripture that I'm going to be teaching from. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. I'm going to be referring to this scripture a lot of the time. But basically, this is just to lay a foundation for us this evening about why are we talking about mental health in the church? Ten years ago, you want to talk mental health in the church? People will cast the demon out of you. And they will tell you that it's a demon talking out of you. How dare you talk about mental health in the church? The only thing we do with mental health is to cast it out. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm right. But however, God has allowed that in the last few years, light has been shown to so many things going on, making us understand that this is one area that the church for a long time neglected. But God is turning our eyes back to it. Because I go back to this scripture, 3 John 1, 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health. God is not only concerned about how you feel physically. He's not concerned about how you feel spiritually. He's also concerned about your soul. Amen. Amen. Say to the person next to you, God is concerned about my soul. God is concerned about all of me. Amen. So why do we talk about mental health? Can anybody just, I like very interactive classes. I know that the pastor was the one preaching here. I'm a pastor as well, but however, I don't have the, I have, um, I'm wearing both, both caps this evening. So let me, let me put on the cap of a teacher and also the cap of a pastor. So why should we talk about mental health? Let's mix both together. I like interactive classes. Yes, please. Um, 
Amen. Oh my God, looks like I'm going to give you my microphone. <laughs> Praise God. Can we give a round of applause? Because it affects everything that we do. This is another favorite scripture of mine. And this just tells us the reason why God, why we need to talk about mental health in the church, not outside, in the church, because God is concerned about the totality of who we are. And this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. I say that again. May your whole spirit, say it after me, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Amen. Can we say to ourselves, may my spirit, my soul, and my body be kept blameless. Amen. God is interested in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. For a long time, we've been taught that God is interested in your spiritual growth. God wants to see you grow. God wants to see you lead a lot, many people to Christ. God wants to see you, you know, become matured in Christ. Yes, I totally believe that. For a long time, for some of us who are very health conscious, we'll go to the gym. We'll be very, very conscious about what we eat. We'll jog. We'll count the calories like my daughter does. <laughs> when she sees my plate of food, she says, Mom, that's 800 calories you've got there. <laughs> and I'm like, please let me eat. <laughs> Stop counting my calories. <laughs> and we'll count calories. Because we've been told that you need to be healthy physically. How many times have we been told about how we need to keep our mind? About how we need to keep our brains? How many times have we been told about how we need to make sure, even Paul said it in Romans 12. He said, present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God with your reasonable service. And then he talks, he says something in the, room, in, in the verse 2. Renewing your mind. The renewal of our mind is one area that has been kept to the back for a while. But I'm here to say to us, and I'm grateful for the man and the woman of the house who thought it fit that we need to have this kind of session in the church. Amen. First Thessalonians 3.23 says, May God himself, the God of peace. One thing with the Bible is that when he, every single comma, dots, pause, there's a reason for it. That verse introduces God as a God of peace. It introduces God as a God who brings peace where there's a storm. And he's telling us here that he is interested. He's, there's a prayer linked to that. That may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. When is the coming of our Lord Jesus? None of us knows. But we're going to be reading Luke later. And we'll look at all the indices and all the indication about what will happen before Jesus comes. But before we do that, I'd like us to just have this at the back of our mind, that we are spirit. 
And I'm sure you've been taught this in the house. That man is a trapatite being. Isn't it? Yes. We're trapatite. We're spirit first and foremost. We live in a body. But we need our mind, our souls to express everything that is the spirit. In essence, what that means is that our minds are the doors to our spirit. Our minds are the doors to our spirit. And what that means in essence is, listen guys. <laughs> I'll go back to Proverbs 4, 23. There's a familiar scripture, they're one of my favorite scriptures. It says, guard your mind with all diligence. It didn't say guard your spirit. Watch it. It did not say guard your spirit. It didn't say guard your body. He says, guard your mind. Like a battalion, use a battalion to make sure that you fortify the things that go into your mind. Because out of it are the issues of life. Your ability to live a fulfilling Christian life is very much linked to the state of your mind. People. So no matter how much you pray, how much you intercede, no matter the amount of the word you study, there's nothing wrong with studying the word. It's perfect for us to study the word. It's perfect to pray. We've been told that we build up our most holy faith by praying in the spirit. But however, where your mind is impaired... Where there is some little d -d 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 going on with the mind. The ability for your spirit to express itself fully will be limited. That's the truth. And I'm just going to break that first Thessalonian down a little bit. I'm a teacher of the word as well. One of the things that I remember I used to have a, a manager. I don't know how many of you are Yorubas here. And I don't know how many of you grew up in Nigeria. Woo! <laughs> For all the Yorubas in the house, woo, woo! <laughs> okay. So I remember she used to look at me and she'd say, Ah, Lade, you behave like teacher Oko. <laughs> For those of you who are Yoruba, you get, I, I just spoke in tongues. <laughs> he said, You behave like a teacher that lives in the village. You know how teachers that live in the village, how they behave? They're very particular. Very much eye for detail. Wanting everything to be crossed, every T to be crossed, and every I to be dotted. Anyway, let's break down 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. This is what it says. I go back again. It says, may your whole spirit. Wholeness means complete in every part. Perfectly sound. The entirety of who you are. Not just when you are in church and you are happy. Not just when you are among your friends and you are happy. Not just when you bought a car. Not just when you've got a new job. Not just when you've heard the good news. It is saying here to us that God wants the completeness of who we are. The wholeness of who we are. So that is a wholeness. But then he talks about the spirit. This is the definition of a spirit. Spirit, another word for it is pneuma. 
And it means breath, our soul, the vitality of who we are, our mental disposition, not our mentality itself, but our mental disposition. The soul here means our psyche, our breath, our heart, our mind, our life. And of course, body here means our soma, that is body as a sound, as a sound entity, not just half. And then it talks about the preservation of our spirit, our soul, and our body. God wants the triune, the tripartite human being to be preserved. The same way he wishes above all things that we will prosper and be in good health. That same way God wants us to be preserved. That is the heart of God for us. And that is why we must talk about mental health. And that is why the conversation should be in the church, not outside. We need to learn the bits and pieces about it. How do we become resilient? How do we manage adversity? What is mindfulness? How do you manage anxiety? How do you manage stress? How do you manage depression? There's so many of it. If the Lord permits and if time permits, we'll try and delve into. But that conversation must be in the church. I quoted a scripture earlier. And this is just for, for me to give a balance that, yes, we talk about things that are in the physical, but however, the Bible tells us that for us as Christians, we have an advantage. For other people in the world, they would deal with it from the surface level. You know, they would deal with it at the surface level. But for us, the Bible tells us something in 2 Corinthians 10. It says, for though we live in this world... For though we experience the same life stressors as those who are in this world, for though we may experience the same forms of disappointment as those who are in this world, the Bible says that we do not wage war as the world does. And that is why the message of mental health must be taught in the church. The weapons of our warfare, they're not canal. We cannot afford to be dealing with things the way other people are dealing with it in the world. Yes, I believe in counseling. Yes, I believe in psychotherapy. Yes, I believe in taking medication. But however, there is a balance to this, and we're going to come around that later. We want to give a balance. The life we live as Christians is a life, especially these days. Gone are those days when people will tell you, because the Bible says it, so it is. No. <laughs> you have questions. Or oh, you need the Bible broken down. Verse A linked with verse C. Verse D linked with verse Z. So it becomes a full picture to you. The age we're in now is not the age where, because daddy says it, so it is. The children will ask you the question, why mom? And even when you tell them why, they'll ask you why after the why. And they'll ask you why after the why after the why. And you can't afford to bluff them off. We need answers. And the answers are in the scripture. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish. I'm going to come back to this scripture later. We demolish. We pull down. We cancel every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Hold on to this scripture. Hold on to it. Because it's going to be one of the main keys that we're going to use later. Amen? 
Yes, I talked about why are we talking about mental health. And I mentioned about in the last days. <laughs> Luke 21 verse 1 to 6. And I'm not going to read everything, but write it down. And when you get home, please read it. If there's any reason why we need to be aware of the devil's devices, it is now. It is because we're in the end times. Jesus is coming soon. I know you've been hearing it for over, when I was small, I was told that Jesus is coming soon. And now I'm over 50, crossing over to the other side, very close to 60. And we're still saying Jesus is coming. He is coming. He is coming. But hear this. And I'm going to jump over to the other side. He says, and they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall all these things be? And what signs will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, take heed that ye be not deceived, for many will come in my name. Isn't it? Many are coming in his name at the moment. Have you, are you not seeing it? Am I the only one? Seeing those who are calling the name of Jesus and they're receiving things by fire, not receiving by the name of Jesus. Where it is all about a lot of razzmatazz and things are not by the name of Jesus, but they're pretending it is the name of Jesus. He says, take heed, be not deceived, for many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, and the time draw near, go ye not therefore after them. Be very careful. Be very careful where you go to. Where God has planted your feet, stay there. Stop hobnobbing. For so many people have picked up evil spirits while they've been hobnobbing around, looking for miracles from one church to the other. Stay where the Lord has planted you. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. Are we not hearing of war and commotions now? Are we not hearing of the war going on in Ukraine over a year now? <laughs> For these things must come first to pass, but the end is not by. <laughs> the end is not near yet. Then said he unto them, Nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famine and pestilence, and fearful signs, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But therefore all these shall, they shall lay their hands on you, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. So da, 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 da. Okay, let me just go to the place where I want. Verse 26. And this is the place for us to know that, listen people, the hearts of men are giving way. The hearts of women are giving way. People who you would have thought, ah, I saw him. Like I read in the newspaper last week of this woman who just finished with a first class degree, perfectly okay. The sister said she showed no sign of depression. Perfectly okay. Nothing wrong with her in her own eyes. And she died by suicide. She took her life. Two years ago, Thank God it has come down now. I thank God for the prayers of the saints. About five pastors in 2020, 2020 and 2019, between 2019 2020, died by suicide. They took their lives. Last year, I'm aware, last year, I'm aware of about seven people who took their lives. These are people you would look at ordinarily and you say, no way, no, they're good, they're okay. The one that shocked me the most was a medical doctor. Fantastic marriage, you know, that you will think of. 
Very beautiful wife, beautiful home, lovely, lovely home. Beautiful children, doing well, all healthy. So it wasn't a financial problem. It wasn't a health problem. It was nothing. The wife came home. Honey, honey, honey. I'm not going to give you the rest of the details. He took his life. Verse 26. Verse 25 before verse 26. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations. Cost of living crisis. Are we not experiencing it now? Perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's heart failing them for fear. Women's heart failing them for fear. Anxiety. Depression. Suicidal thoughts. The statistics actually tells us that 65% of the population at each point in time are thinking of taking their life. Isn't that scary? So the truth is that 65% of some of us who are here is the thought has dropped in. Maybe because there's been a disappointment, a job loss, a health issue, financial crisis, a relationship breakdown. And you just think, it isn't worth it. What is mental health? Somebody has answered it, and thank you very much for that answer. But one of the answers that I love the most, and I love to quote this, um, I love to quote this definition. This is by World Health Organization. And it defines, if you've noticed, I've actually blocked some areas in red. So normally I ask people, how many of us here have mental health? I should have asked that question before. Show the next. How many of us here have mental health? No, no, no. Don't see all of us. <laughs> Put your hand up. How many of us here have mental health? Thank you. How many of us here do not have mental health? Okay, so the people who do not put their hands up, where are you? Are you on the fence? You don't have mental health, and you do have mental health. Let me do that again. I, I, I like us. I like us to just. I like. There's something I'm trying to drive out here. How many of us here have mental health? Come on, people, don't sit on the fence. Thank you. Put your hands down. How many of us here do not have mental health? We're not going to bite you. We're not going to. If you put your hand up, it's okay. We're in the house of God. <laughs> Don't lie away in the house of God. The Holy Spirit is seeing you. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So I love this definition by World Health Organization. And it says mental health is a state of well-being. So that's women there, you are right. In which every individual, and I remember, I recollect that about 15, 20 years ago, if you'd asked me, do you have mental health? I'll tell you, no. How can you say I have mental health? No. Is that that person that has mental health? I don't have mental health. <laughs> because we're honestly taught that mental health is madness. It's weary. It's coy, it's coy. It's schizo. It's giving all the negative words we used to describe it. Come on, guys. Throw the words to me. Gone with the, gone with the loonies. What else? Bipolar. <laughs> schizo, local. Insane, psycho, and we have so many negative words that we use to define mental health. But however, 
my eyes were totally opened. And I'm praying that God would open our eyes to understanding why it is important for us to talk about mental health. So it is a state of well-being where an individual realizes his or her potential. How many of us here realize our potentials? Put your hand up. Oh, wow. You, you guys are fantastic. Well done. Do you know what? I'm 55 and I'm still discovering my potentials. Still discovering my potentials. So if you ask me, are you realizing my potentials? My hand to be down. Because there are different issues. I'm still realizing my potentials. And you are able to cope with the normal stresses of life. Do we know what the normal stresses of life, life is? Who can give example of normal stresses of life? Menopause. Did somebody say menopause? <laughs> I'm preaching to myself, don't worry. Menopause is one of the, you can see me sweating. <laughs> it's one of the normal stresses of life when you're over a particular age. You start to experience it. Huh? Adult, hey. <laughs> Some people have said adulting is a scam. <laughs> people want to remain a child. <laughs> she just stay with your parents at home and just, you know, continue for the bills to be paid and all of the adulting, yes, is a stressor of life. Come on, guys, tell me. Marriage, Marriage a stressor of life. <laughs> Ain't it? It is a state where all the things you held there, your principles, your opinions, and your wishes sometimes can be thrown out. And it becomes a stressor of life. Okay, thank you. What else? Exams. Thank you. Par par uh, parents. Parents. I need to bring my children here for them to come and tell you what I took them through when they were younger. I'm sure they will tell you that, <laughs> okay, I was a stressor of their life then. But I think all parents have to be honest, isn't it? You have to be firm around some things. What else? Finances, thank you. There's some words I'm not hearing from here, and this is part of the reasons why we need to talk about this in the church. Disappointment, thank you. Rejection, thank you. Failure, thank you. Relationships. Okay, let me round it up. Racism. Discrimination. Bullying. Isolation. Loneliness. Failures. And then may I round it up? When your pot of soup gets burnt on a Friday night... <laughs> And the whole family is ready. You know, they're all waiting for mommy. And then suddenly everything goes kaput. When the boss comes late and you're rushing for an interview, or when the boss is just running, you're at the bus stop and the boss is just driving off when you get there. Stressors of life. And how many of us can cope when those stresses? Some, we've not said one other major bit that a lot of us experience during the pandemic. Death, bereavement, whether directly or indirectly, most of us were affected during the pandemic. 
and we're still experiencing the rebound of it. Trauma. We'll talk about that later. I'm not sure we'll have the time. Maybe another opportunity. We'll delve deeper. Normal stresses of life. It is the ability for you to be able to cope when those stresses of life happen. The ability for you to bounce back when there's been a failure, when there's been a relationship breakdown, when there's been a betrayal, when that friend that you relied totally on backstabbed you, when that boss that you thought had your back suddenly starts to write very negative things against you during your PDR. When you've applied for that job that you knew that you were totally up for it. It's the ability for us to work productively and fruitfully and also to be able to make contribution to our community. How many of us can actually boldly say that we have sound mental health if we take a look at this definition we have here? I doubt if anyone will be able to put their hands up and say, yes, I have a fantastic mental health. If you take a look at this, when you have a bereavement and you're still able to stand and smile and you're able to cope, but however, we have the word. Don't forget what I said earlier, that our weapon of warfare is not carnal. We have a God who backs us up. For though we live in this flesh, we do not war like men who are in the flesh. And one of the reasons why we need to talk about is let's talk about statistics and facts now. And this Mental Health Foundation report is more than 10 years old. It says one in four. If you ask me very anecdotally, I would say about six in ten. No longer one in four. It's about six people out of ten people who will, at one time or the other, would have experienced a mental health condition. Mental health issue is the second largest source of disease of burden in the UK. It's anxiety. And may I just say that the pandemic and the effect of the quarantining we all went through, we're all still going through it. We're all still experiencing the isolation, trauma underneath. There are various factors that can affect how we are able to cope when the life stresses come. Different factors can affect it. It is a type of self-esteem that you have normally. It is the kind of relationships that you have, whether you've experienced breakup, whether there's been family dynamics, if there's a difficulty in behavior, if a person has physical ill health, is there been immigration issue? I've put that there. And there's a reason why I have put that there. I walk in a borough, I live, and I'm a counselor in a borough where there's a very high percentage of black, Asian, minority, ethnic community. And about seven years ago, I did a work very closely with this mental health um, team. And one of the doctors there said to me, you know what? We're about submitting a particular type of diagnosis. Um, to the Royal College of Psychiatry for them to assess to see whether we can actually call this a mental ill health, a mental health diagnosis. And I said what? Immigration psychosis. Yep. Immigration psychosis. I remember about four years ago, I can refer to this. I was on a bus. And suddenly this woman, very well dressed, sat down from North Greenwich, bus 470, for those of you who are very familiar with no greedy to no bus 472. And suddenly gets in the middle and starts to dance. Brings her passport out and she was dancing to no music. 
And the word I could hear is, I have it. I have it now. I have it. Shabit, they said I couldn't have it. Now I have it. We can laugh about it, but she was actually experiencing a meltdown, immigration psychosis. Childhood abuse, trauma. May I just talk? There might be a need for us to talk about trauma later. I say to people, you cannot pray trauma away. You cannot pray trauma away. And I am a living witness of the fact that you cannot pray trauma away. My mom died when I was 12, very young. And I experienced such trauma that wasn't dealt with, but eventually caught up with me in my 40s. And I now had a full-blown mental health breakdown. That's as a pastor. Remember Pastor Mrs. Red when I was pastoring? When I got born again? Trauma is something we need to talk about in the church. And we need to know how to deal with it. Because a lot of people are medicating their trauma in wrong ways. It is either presentism or absenteeism. I'm not going to go into details about that. But these are some of the factors that can affect our mental health. Or the way in which we cope when those life stresses come. Social disadvantage, severe or long-term illness, bullying, and racism. I've mentioned that. These are some of the things that can help us to cope when life stresses come. I have brought a copy of my book here. I had to write the book in 2020, mainly because I realized that there were lots of barriers in our community that we need to break. It's the stigma. It's the stereotyping. It's the fact that we believe that once a person has mental ill health, they can never be okay again. It's the fact that people will be scared to relate with them. It's the fact that oftentimes we think, oh, it's because she has mental ill health, that's why. In fact, people will say, because she has mental health, that's why. And we straight away assume things. And in that book, there's a particular area, especially for us in the ethnic minority community, that we do not like to talk about. And that is... Oh, thank you. And that is our diet. <laughs> Thank you, please clap. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Do you know that there's a big link between our food and our mood? Yes. There's a chapter in this book on the link between our food and our mood. The type of food you eat can affect your mental health. It's going to affect the way you feel about yourself. It can either do you down or do you up. And that is why it is important that you take care of your body. Because don't forget what I said earlier. Our minds are the doors to our spirit. We're a trapezoidal being. We are first and foremost a spirit. We live in a body, but we have a soul that is the seat of our emotion. Ability to think, to function, to project, to plan, is all seated there. 
And the ability for your mind to function well is very much linked to your body as well. And that is why the food you eat, your diet matters. You need to have a session here on food and mood. Amen. Let's talk about hygiene. Let's talk about hygiene. Isn't it? Do you know that sometimes the state of your home, I know that the Eastern religion, the state of your environment, the Eastern religion, they've capitalized on it and they call it ying yang or whatever. Isn't it? But however, the state of your environment can affect your mental health. Your physical activity. I go to the gym. I was going to the gym very, very, very consistently last year. And then I stopped. And suddenly I realized that ah, there were some, some serious thought institutions coming into my mind. From where? I prayed about it. I'm like, okay. I went back to the gym. And I'm seeing myself clearing out all the cobwebs. There is a link between our physical activity and our mental health. Because you know what? Dopamine is released into your body. When you, how many of us here go to the gym? Come on, guys. Where are all the gym eyes? Woo! <laughs> so if you feel that your mood is dipping, start doing some physical exercises. These are more things that can affect our mental health. Is a family relationship, trauma in the country of origin. So we talk about trauma. Trauma is not just about where we are. There's some of us who are first-generation immigrants. Some are second-generation immigrants. And for some of us, we experience a lot of trauma before getting here. I can tell you that. I remember very well, in fact, this is even recent, last year, a friend of mine just got married to a beautiful woman who lives in America. And he was telling me that she left Nigeria 10 years ago. And she and her children vowed they would never step into Nigeria again. Because her husband and her son were killed right in front of them. It's the trauma of the origin. It's the fact that some of us will go to Nigeria. When you travel back home, you're scared. Sometimes you carry that trauma back here and you don't know. Trauma is a baggage that a lot of us carry around. And we need to be aware of it, identify it, and deal with it. Isolation, I've mentioned that. We can't go into details about all of this. I've talked about this earlier. Now, let's delve into the Bible. Why talk about mental health? Of course, we know that there's no word in the Bible called depression. But however, we have various forms of descriptions of mental health activities in the Bible. And I'm just going to take us to one of our favorite, favorite. A lot of people have sang songs from the book of Psalms, isn't it? The book of Psalms is one of the most romantic. It's not Sons of Solomon, no, for me. It's the book of Psalms because it describes God in some awesome ways. It talks about his relationship with God. And this is a psalmist here. This is a man who was close to the heart of God. A friend of God in Psalm 38. He is opening his mouth and he's saying, There is no soundness in my flesh. The whole state of my well being, there's no soundness. I go mourning all day. This is a man that God calls my friend. He's saying, My strength fails me. This is a man who has experienced the power of God several times in his life. And he says, Even the light of my eyes, they've gone from me. 
Then he comes and says, so I hope in you, O Lord. In Psalm 42, he says, why are you in despair? He said to himself, oh my soul, why are you discouraged? Why are you depressed? Why are you anxious? Why are you stressed? If a man with all of that knowledge and experience with God is saying all of this, how much more we? Come on. We need to talk about mental health and talk about how to deal with it. Talk about how to sort things out. Talk about how to predict. And what we call in, um, in politics, forward planning. We forward plan for the dark days ahead. Because brethren, the days are getting darker. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, what we read in Luke, it's getting darker. It's so difficult now to, be called, to call yourself a Christian. I was saying in the office, he said, listen, you talk about whatever phobia, I don't want to mention it. But I can boldly tell you there's Christophobia at the moment. Christophobia. Where I can't even express my belief. Whereas some other people can express their belief so blatantly. And I can't. Because I'll be persecuted. The days are getting darker. And this is Jesus. Okay. I remember preaching some and I said, do you know that Jesus went through mental health? And everybody, everybody just, I noticed people's faces went like, what's she saying? Are you blasphemous? <laughs> Until I took them to the scriptures. And this is it. Jesus himself experienced Deep, the Bible tells us that he went through all forms of human emotion. That includes mental ill health. He didn't experience it, but he went through it. He felt it. He felt what it was like to be suicidal. He felt what it was like to be stressed, to be anxious. And Matthew 26 tells us where Jesus Christ said, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Let's use that in our ordinary language. How would you, can somebody help me paraphrase that in our regular language now? Thank you. Oh, you guys are fantastic. Because you said that. Another, they will not say it too, because they'll be too scared to think that Jesus Christ said he was feeling suicidal. He said, my soul is deeply grieved. I am so depressed, I feel like dying. That is a paraphrase of that word, Matthew 26. Grieved, I am experiencing mental agony. I'm experiencing such deep sorrow. Jesus did not use his divine nature to cover up. No, 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 he went through it. Let's talk about Paul. Hey, Paul, Paulo. I love that man. Woo! Deep man, no nonsense man. <laughs> Some of his teachings, I'm like, uh, okay, situational, contextual, whatever. But, you know, it was a no-nonsense man. But he was not immune to having dark days. And he was very open about his struggles. 2 Corinthians 1.89. Paul honestly shares his ministry pressures with us. And this is what he says. He says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of afflictions which come to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Let's use our regular day, our, you know, our, our, our modern day English to paraphrase that word. That we're burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despair even of life. Can I paraphrase it? Yes? Yeah. 
that we were so scared and very depressed beyond even what we could think about. And we thought, they were going to, we thought we were going to lose our lives. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves. He wasn't talking about the sentence of death externally. He was talking about the sentence of death that he was feeling internally. So that we should not trust in ourselves any longer, but in God who raises the dead. Paul had given up. So he was no longer trust. He was trusting that, okay, God, even if we die, at least you raise us back to life. 2 Corinthians 7, 5 to 6. Our flesh had no rest. It talks about faith within, but God who comforts the depressed comforted us. Elijah. How many of you love Elijah? Woo! The God that answers by fire. Let him be my God. The God that answers by fire. The God that answers by fire. The God that answers by fire. Hallelujah. So we talk about Elijah, the one who called fire from heaven. 800 prophets of Baal. One man stood against all of them. One man. One man. Bold enough to confront Jezebel, the witch who everybody knew was a witch who slaughtered people, who bathed with people's human blood. People knew how wicked Jezebel was. And the next day after the victory, the next day after the victory, and that is why you need to pray for your man and woman of God in the house. Never leave them alone. You have a responsibility to pray for them. Because the battle they go through, we're talking about mind war, war of the mind. The battle they go through ain't easy. Elijah, after all of the razzmatazz, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Elijah was suicidal. I have had enough, Lord, he said, take my life. For I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. There were several other suicidal prophets that we have. I've just listed them. I'm not going to go into details. But the reason why I've listed all of this is to let you understand and to let you know that we have a responsibility to talk about mental health. We have a responsibility to know how to break them down. I'm going to swiftly go through this just to open our eyes a little bit. There's a lot more. I'm a mental health first aid trainer. And one of the things that we do for 15 hours, which is spread over two days, is to teach you about how to respond at first instance if a person is experiencing mental ill health. The same way you teach a person how to be a physical first aider, we teach, I teach, how you can respond, how you spot the signs, how you can support them, and how you can signpost them. There are 200 classified forms of mental illness. We're not going to go into details. But some of the very common one is anxiety. And this is a very common one, depression. And I'll just quickly, five minutes, breeze through what depression is. A lot of us use that word depression very loosely. You know, your boss comes late, I'm depressed. Your... Somebody sings off tune. I'm depressed. Um, your car is not working properly. I'm depressed. You know, that's not what depression is. 
it is a serious medical illness that sometimes what happens is that the chemicals in the brain go totally haywire. It is more than simply feeling unhappy or fed up for a few days. So one, two, three, four days, it's more than that. It's a persistent, sad feeling for weeks or months. And I have been there. And I know what that feeling is, even as a woman of God. But I'm here to say to you that there is deliverance. And this is me who went through it. Still okay, still preaching, still caking up and putting all the, you know, doing all the niceties, still smiling in church, but heart was broken. I'll get into my house, shut the door, and I'll have a good cry because I felt nobody understood. And the truth was that nobody understood. People labeled me and gave me all kinds of names. Oh, she's proud. Not knowing it was because I didn't want you to come and say hello to me. How are you? I'll break down. I'll cry. I didn't want you to see me cry. People wouldn't understand. They would think you are being weak. Ah, spiritual. Uh-uh. Pray it off. What, what do you mean? Let's, let's, go to prayer. let's go to prayer meeting. You're not studying the word enough. That's why. So what will happen is that we'll keep quiet about it. Three years ago, a very popular American pastor of a very big American church took his life. Fantastic man of God took his life. People in the church knew he was going through depression. Well, the close inner circle. They could have stepped him down. But because he was still up and about. And that's why we need to look out for one another. We need to be truly each other's brothers and sisters. Not playing lip service. Not saying it is well. When you know that this sister has gone off, that brother has gone off. But reaching out and sitting down and being genuine when you talk to them. Depression is not trivial. Please don't trivialize it. It's a real illness with different types of symptoms. And may I just sound this caveat before I list the symptoms that I'm not a psychiatrist. And the symptoms I'm listing is not to make you diagnose yourself and say, oh, one lady came to our church. And she, she gave all this list to you. So I think I'm depressed. No, 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 no. It is to give you an insight so that you can reach out for help. These are some of the symptoms. It affects people. The list is not exhaustive. In fact, I'm not, I didn't even do a long, I didn't even do the regular list. And this PowerPoint, I didn't do the regular list. But what I would say is that it affects people differently. For some people, they, do, they use different types of things to cope. Yeah? Some people will use food to cope. Some people would stop eating food to cope. Some people would oversleep, whereas some people would not sleep. Some people would now start working very hard. I talked about absenteeism and presenteeism earlier. That is where, for me, I was the presenteeism one. I would be available for every work. Say, we have this project, who will lead on this? I. And we need this, what we'll do? I. I was there all the time. I'll be the first person to get to work, and I'll be the last person to leave. 
Some of the key things that you need to look for is a very long feeling of unhappiness and hopelessness. When you lose interest in things that usually give you joy. Physical symptoms could occur. Like I remember very well sometimes for me, I start to get back ache. For some people, it's stomach ache. Sometimes you have physical illnesses or physical discomfort that you can't explain. No appetite, no sex drive. You may be low libido or very high libido for those who are married in the house. Amen. 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 <laughs> and it ranges from mild to severe. Feeling persistently low in spirit. Severe depression could lead to suicidal thoughts. Could be triggered off by different things, bereavement, divorce, illness, redundancy, job, different cause, different things. And may I just say that sometimes, and this is for some of us who have older people, to look out for them. Your parents that are alone at home, especially when the nest is empty, please look out for your parents. For some of you who've moved out from the house, look out for your parents because older persons who live in difficult social and isolated circumstances are more prone to depression. Stressful events could cause depression. Personality. This is a big topic. I teach and I take classes on personality types. And it's a fact that a lot of us don't know our personality types. Some of us are doing jobs that are not suited for our personality types. So you are a sanguine. And you are doing a job that is not fitted for a sanguine. You are, what are, the other, what are the four types of personality types? You guys are fantastic. Well done. <laughs> okay, one of the causes, family history. I might just say this about genes. But however, I need to add the caveat to this because I know that in Africa, when I was going to get married, then I remember my father asked, her, what is your husband's son name? I gave him the son name. We went to do the research. They go and ask about the family. Do they have anybody who steals in their family? Do they have anybody who has gone mad in their family? Do they, have, they will do all their research before they, in the days when we were getting married. I don't know about now. Although when my daughter was getting married, I did my research. <laughs> I had to do my research. <laughs> However, the blood of Jesus is stronger than everything. When we talk about genes, we need to realize, you know, that age-long argument about is it nature or nurture? Nurture can up to a large extent override nature. Up to a large extent because we can manage it. I won't go into details about that. Giving birth. Postnatal depression, oftentimes overlooked. It could happen one year after the child birth. So don't think, oh, she had a baby a year ago, so why is she still feeling very moody and all of that? Could happen a year, could happen two years after. Loneliness can be alcohol and drugs. And when I talk about drugs here, I'm not just talking about cannabis. There are some of us here who abuse drugs. Um, and the other types of drugs people abuse. Can somebody name some of the other drugs people abuse? Prescription drugs, thank you. Huh? That's even heavy. No, 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 don't go that far. <laughs> it's paracetamol. <laughs> some of us abuse. <laughs> Christopher, that's heavy, man. <laughs> 
That's seriously heavy. <laughs> Let's talk about the, uh, this is the house of God, you know, we're in church. <laughs> Let's talk about the normal one that people will just reach out to and take and not realize they're drugs. Codeine, thank you. Tramadol. Coco de Yeah. Neurofen, thank you. No, thank you. I may just say some people abuse coffee. And then you coffee abusers in the house. <laughs> okay. I think I've brought you all to a place where I'm safe to ask. Is depression a sin? Is anxiety a sin? Is mental illness a sin? Thank you. And I'm rounding up here, going back to that scripture. We have a lot to learn, like I said. We can't capture everything in one hour. It's not possible. We need to delve into it. What is psychosis? What is bipolar disorder? How do you support a person? How do you know what the signs are? We're not saying you should diagnose. But however, we're, I'm rounding up and saying, listen, this is God's plan for us. For us to be whole spirit, soul, and body. That we will be preserved. Thought John wants to say again, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. That is a prayer of God. And therefore, Romans 12, 1, 2, and this is where I'm going to be rounding up. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, the mercy of God towards us is massive. We need to offer our bodies. Make sure your diet when we say offer our bodies as living sacrifice, oftentimes people think that what God is saying is don't do sex, no fornication, no adultery. Isn't it? That is what your mind jumps up to quickly, straight away. Let's take that up because that is given. No fornication, no adultery, given. But the Bible is saying here, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. The exercise, the diet. It's your true form of worship to God. Do not conform to the pattern of this, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Invest in your mind. We've been taught a long time how to discipline our spirit, how to discipline our body. Now start to invest in your mind, to train your mind. How do you train your mind? That's a topic on its own. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good, it's good pleasing, and perfect will. We have a lot of work to do as a church. And I've got some of them here. Training and monitoring is a fantastic one. Making sure that all the heads of, all the heads of this department are trained and equipped to be able to support people. Because you can't give what you don't have. When you're empty yourself, how do you want to support somebody else? You need to be trained and equipped to do that. And I'm going to be speaking a lot more to the man and the woman in the house. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us in the name of Jesus. May God empower us. May our minds be opened. And I know that these words that you have heard this evening, they are not in vain. There is a purpose. There is a plan. God wants us to be whole. I know we have laughed. I know we've joked. I know I've said quite a lot of things. But above all, I'm one person who likes to use myself as an example. I gave myself as an example. The pancakes were there. The Mary Kay, the Elizabeth Adden, 
the Charlotte Tilbury, everything well done on the face. But my heart had broken. I had learned the skill and the art of putting up a fantastic facade. And I know that I'm not the only one. I sense very deeply there's some people in the house today who are dealing with issues. We cannot walk alone. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. There's a place for prayer. There's a place of the physical thing. But we would never displace the place for prayer. We would never. Because God through prayers allows our eyes to be opened to see things. And we can deal with things. So that peradventure you are an antidepressant at the moment and it's not working for you. Peradventure you have, you're speaking with a counselor at the moment and it's not working. There is a balm in Gilead. Hallelujah. There is a balm in Gilead. There is a balm in Gilead that still heals. And I know that Jesus is here, still healing. If there's anyone here who would like us to pray for them. You've struggled with dark feelings for too long. Don't be ashamed. Like I said, it's a common thing. You've struggled with dark feelings for too long. You can't even talk about it. You have those sleepless nights. Where you know you get to your pillow and you cry. Things you, can, you have not even discussed with somebody else. Not at all. And I hear the Lord saying very clearly in my ears, it's actually a guy, not a, not, a, not a female. You're extremely suicidal. In fact, you have planned your suicide. You've planned it. You don't intend to tell, you've, you've, you've planned it. And in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit of suicide. In Jesus' mighty name. The blood of Jesus is still here. Speak it. The Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of bulls and lambs. The blood is still speaking up until now. I'd like you to, by faith, step out and let us pray for you. Don't be shy. There's no shyness about this. Because the power of God is here. This message is not in vain. There's a purpose. And that's the reason. I'd like you to step out. Let us pray with you. You have a diagnosis of depression. You've been diagnosed already. You are taking medication. I talk about complementary treatments. That's another beat. You need to complement it. There's a place of the word. There's a place of prayer. There's a place of practical things to do, but what we want to do today is a place of prayer. Because Jesus is here to break every chain. Can I have the choir here? There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of the Lamb. 
You want to pray? Are you ready to pray? Yes, sir. You want to pray? Give me Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Matthew 26 from verse 36. You want to know the reason why you want to pray? You want to pray, pray, pray. Matthew 26 from verse 36 to 38. Matthew 26 from verse 36 to 48. Verse 36 to 38. what we read not long ago then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane Gethsemane means the oil from press the Bible says and he said to the disciples sit here while I go go back go back sit here while I go and pray over there the next verse 37 and he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and and he began to be very sorrowful. Ladies and gentlemen, hear the word. Matthew said Jesus was sorrowful. Matthew was lying. The word sorrowful means lupeo, which means grief to death. Matthew writes that Jesus was sorrowful. Let's see what Jesus said. The Bible says, the next verse. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. 37 says, and he took with him, hold on, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. 38. He said to them, My soul, hold on, Aaron, hold on. My soul. Matthew says Jesus' soul was depressed. But Jesus said, My soul is not depressed. My soul is extremely. The word in the Greek is the word perilopeo. Jesus was saying, Mark says, my soul is depressed. But there was something more than depression. There was something more than just being a, a certain way. My soul is not just depressed. My soul is extremely depressed, even unto tenatos, even unto death. This is suicide thoughts. Jesus was not just depressed. Jesus was heavily depressed and suicidal. So he needed people to pray with him. He said, Peter, you and your brothers come. Peter, James, and John, you come pray. Because this thing I'm going through is more than just me shaking up my body. This thing needs some sudden intercession and some levels of prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. I believe that when you pray, something shifts. Yes, yes. Are you ready to pray? Freedom is not freely given. The oppressed has to demand for it. I don't know if you're oppressed tonight, depressed, surprised, whatever they call it, but today I've come with the word of the Lord. Say in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Every spirit, every spirit 
of oppression, of oppression, suppression, suppression, depression, depression. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, house by fire. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're too bougie. There is such a thing called a generational spirit. Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Paul writes, Paul says, There is a common faith that has come from Eunice, your grandmother, to Louis, your mother, and has been passed to you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Hold on one moment. The word fear is not just for nail. The word fear doesn't mean to be afraid. The word fear means timidity. There is a spirit that brings shyness. I am melancholic, I'm phlegmatic. There is a spirit, don't worry about it. There is a spirit that brings timidity. Shyness that will make you not enter into your prophetic destiny. Too timid to, to, to apply for the job. It's a spirit that tells you if you apply, you fail. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a so somebody says sound mind. Sound mind. The word mind is the word nurse. It means your intelligible being. It means your wealth status. It means to be prudent. And today we come against every evil that speaks to your mind. In the name of Jesus. We want to pray. It has been exposed already. There are spirits that hide behind names. And then with diagonal, the problem with the church we've been medicating demons for longer. There are spirits that hide behind them. They're calling schizophrenia. Now we hear the name. We understand the psychologist. But trust me, church, there are demons hiding under the name of schizo. You're hearing things, you're hearing yourself. It's a spirit talking back at you. But today you want to pray. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say every spirit. Every spirit. Don't worry about it, leave it. Every spirit, every spirit, open my mind. Open my mind. You guys will leave this place now because you're talking and distracting me. Every spirit, every spirit, open my mind. In the name of Jesus, the blood is against you. 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 You don't have to come out here. I see the day you were born, the May the 11th. That you don't have to come out now. That is the day you were born, the May the 11th. And when you were born, your mama went through a bit of depression. And she conceived you depressed. And you were born depressed. There was a spirit that goes through generational bloodline. So break, say break, break, break. Break, 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 break. Listen, listen. What troubled my mother? What troubled my father? Will not trouble me. Say, oh God! Let your enemies be scattered. 
Some more here in church, yes, for the weapons, the word hopeless, hopeless means instrument for the weapons of astratia are not canal and not canal catatismos, but they are mighty in Christ for the pulling down. I need, I need only to intercessors, leave them alone, leave them, leave them, pray. I don't need to know, leave them alone. They are mighty. In Christ, it's meant to be an organized service, not organized. We are praying for deliverance today. Mighty, somebody say imagination. Imagination. Mighty, through the pulling down of strongholds and every lofty. Imaginations and images you paint in your mind. Here in church, imaginations are images you paint in your mind. And if the devil has painted image of mess, image of lack, image of disease, you need to speak to your mind. Say, Oh God, lay there. When we preach, we are theologians. When we pray, we are Africans. Are you hearing? Say, so, oh, oh God! Every evil! Every evil! Imagination! Imagination! Every evil imagination! Every evil imagination! Today! Today! Cash fire! Rebaya, 
Everyone in the family line, mental issue. He flows in the family, he's a demon. You want to pray against a generational bloodline. Your mama has it, your grandma has it, you have it, your children are having it. You need to break this bloodline. Pray like your life depends on it. The Bible says there was a woman who was Canaanite. She was from Canaan, Seraphonician woman. She came to Jesus and said to Jesus, My daughter is heavily demonized. And please, would you pray? And Jesus said, I've come for the Jews. And she said, But if you can also give me the crumbs that falls from the master's table. And Jesus says, There is no faith just like this one. You will not pray for that family member of yours. I see your brother, 1984 has mental health condition you've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing seems to work you want to go into their lives and you want to uproot every evil altar that speaks are you hearing church you want to pray not my brother not my sister not my father not my mother Yaro, 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 Yaro,
to the Lord and the Lord said that preferred your brother's offering the Bible says this guy got so vexed and he slew his brother the reason why he slew his brother because there was a spirit that came upon him called the spirit of rejection rejection will make you kill an innocent one and many of you are struggling with that spirit of rejection and I hear the name the Lord say the death is June the 3rd your boyfriend broke up with you and from that day there's been a funny spirit uh, that has been haunting down your soul uh, but you want to uh, hear the Lord says break soul ties Amen. break soul ties your soul is knit with another and guess what happens once they are mad you are mad once they are frustrated you are frustrated why because your soul was is knit together you want to pray? Are you ready? Every unfortunate breakup. Yes. Precisely the 4th of October. Keep playing. You call him your stepdad, your uncle, your, your, your mama's man, your mother's husband or boyfriend who touched you. And that day, I, I think the 4th of October, 2000, and it's 2009. The 4th of October, 41009, 2009, that uncle touched you. And you've been so messed up, you feel dirty, you feel molested. The Lord said to call out this spirit in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that has caused molestation and rape, I call you out in the name of the Lord. I rebuke you by fire. You want to pray this prayer? Are you ready, church? Are you ready, church? Say in the name of Jesus. I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. Reverend, you see, 
When I read the scripture, the Bible talks about God has not given us the spirit of fear, power of love. The word in the Greek is the word sophisnosmos. The word sophisnosmos in the Greek means prudence. It means stable. It means my mind is well. So the Bible says in Thessalonians uh, that the God of peace keep you sanctified, all body, all soul, and all spirit. Hear me, church. Sophisnosmos means unwavering. That's the name they call it here. They call it mood swing. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Sometimes I'm laughing. It's a spirit that swings you. We call it mood swing. No, it is not personal. It's not personal dysfunction. It's a demon that has come to mess up your suffering osmos. But you want to pray? Are you ready? Say, I've got a sound mind. 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 Now lay your hands there. For the next 60 seconds, just lay it on your head. I want to pray in the Holy Ghost. And God will do what God will do. of the devices and the Bible says for the somebody said weapons is pluralized but the weapons of us weapons of our warfare weapons are what you use to war the Bible calls it oplos in the Greek which means ornament things used to wage war they are not carnal carnal psychicos they are not worldly you don't win this war by logic how do you use mental mind to win war against mental health you have to go higher somebody say higher you go in the spirit to deal with the soul are you hearing me church for they are mighty in Christ do not us mighty the words means are able the mighty in Christ for the pulling down the word stronghold is in prison the word is crew in the Greek which means prison means prison 
many of you have been imprisoned in your mind? I'm not preaching. I come with the word of the Lord to, 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 to piggyback on the woman of God. You have praised. You've been praising in your mind. The enemy praised in your mind and threw the key away. But the Bible says the weapons. So right now you want to go into the into the holy of holies <laughs> to obtain mercy and find grace uh, and take back uh, open that prison door and say you devil let me go Take back your mind. 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 Take your mind back. Take it back your mind. Take it back your mind. Take it. Take it back your mind. Take it. Take back your mind. 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 Take it. Take your mind. Take your mind. Take your mind. Take back your mind. I come against every spirit called worry that came on you when your boy was two. I rebuke in the name of Jesus every strange spirit that says worry. I come against you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you foul spirit that has been there for the last 12 years. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. You altar called worry. You demon. Leave this body in the name of Jesus. I break your path. Selegate. Rapasoria. Yadosopayate. I've got about two more. Where's Miriam? Where are you, Miriam? Come up, come up closely.
hear me? Now, the spirit called means representation. Misrepresentation as you pray there. There was a spirit that misrepresents your intentions. When what you mean for good is misconstrued and interpreted for evil. It is not the people that interpret it as a problem. It is a spirit that misconstrues your context. That you will do good, it will be paid back for evil. Or you may mean well, they will mean it for evil. It's a demon that called the spirit I see it misconstrues and it's not just now he's been going on from, from years may I even break this I don't care who is watching it has even caused division in your home even in your mother I was your mother what you mean for good was taken for evil your mother had to kick you out because you meant good but they didn't, they didn't hear what you said they didn't hear what you said they did not hear what you said it most looks like a lie it's a spirit that has clouded your thoughts but the Lord said the problem with this spirit is it's even clouding your trust for people so you don't trust people it's a mind thing it's a mind war so you'd rather suffer in silence than to share and deal with people. It's a spirit we want to call out tonight. In the name of Jesus. Hear me. Look at my face. Hear me. If this is broken today from you, favor has been lined up for you. Even to your workplace. Even to your job, misconstrued what you meant for good. Haven't you wondered why does everyone not like me? It's a spirit that's been sent to misconstrue. But today, hear me. Yes, come out now. Yes, come out now. Yes, come out now. 
Hidden pain. The Lord says pain that you've been shitting. Pain you've been shitting. The pain that you've covered. Once everyone goes to sleep, you go back to your room and cry. Because you call yourself a fixer. I fix my sisters. I fix my parents. But you know how you break and cry when no one sees you. And I see you leave your house early in the morning uh, and cry on your way to work. Uh, then do your makeup in your car. Because God seems to be slower. You've clouded your mind with pain. Uh, and say, God, you've forgotten me. But the Lord calls you today, Diamond by name. Uh, the Lord says, for indeed I haven't forsaken you. I command in the name of Jesus, uh, every spirit called shame. says you're not good enough it says you're not qualified enough it says you're not there enough and tries to discredit you and say there's something wrong with you your mind has been captured by the enemy but today I come in the name of the Lord Jesus I command right now in the name of Jesus everything that says you're not good enough that confuses your mind right now Jehovah we call you I rebuke you foul spirit in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I command you to leave this body out in the name of Jesus out 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 come out of this body your mind is blessed your mind is blessed your mind is blessed your mind your mind your mind yes your mind yes your mind yes your mind yes your mind out of this body Oh, 
Lift up the right hand, that's the last one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of the Lord, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. Do not be conformed to the instruments of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There was a spirit called the spirit of transformation. It is called Hagiosmos. You want to pray right there as you lay out your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is my right hand. This is my right hand. Every prison in your soul that has trapped you, I command in the name of Jesus, every mind contention, I rebuke every spirit that traps your mind, that traps your mind, that traps your mind, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you spirit of pain, you spirit of pain, I command you now in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands up. Lay on your head. Say, Oh God. Yes, Lord. Say, Oh God, oh God, I have, I have the mind, the mind of Christ, of Christ. Oh yeah, Baba, Look at me. Look at me, come. I really want to end. I promise you. I don't want to. I want to end. I end in one minute. I promise you.
Suicidal thoughts that makes you cut your body and bleed on an altar. I command you, spirit of suicide, in the name of. In the name suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus out of this body and I see that cut on your body you bleed on that altar because the spirit tells you it was your fault you caught yourself and felt it was your fault. I come in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of condemnation. In the name of Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. I decree in the name of Jesus, I break every suicide I see the blade and I see the little incision you gave yourself you wanted to see you bleed and those cuts that you have on your body that no one knows of 
because that's the only way you get relief you cut yourself and say this okay because the spirit say to you it was your fault and you're still condemning yourself but praising God and nobody knows about your pain but you go back home and you weep and you weep and you weep even the day you went to work late was because you wept and woke up late and you called in sick but I hear the Lord say to tell you daughter very therefore now no condemnation to rule your nature so I decree every suicidal thought that is in your soul I command you in the name of Jesus at out of this body 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 hold on Leonita you are still questioning God on your brother's death You are saying, but I prayed, but why? You are angry at God that he took him from you. I see that. You are angry. You took my brother from me. And there's a part of you that question God and say, hey, maybe it's not even real or it's not even a healer. But the Lord says to tell you, Leonita, I hear there is therefore now no condemnation. Go home and throw those blades away. Go home. You don't have to cut your body to make sense of your misery. That's what the devil says to you. But I decree that you have the mind of Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus, say we have the mind of Christ. Say we have the mind of Christ. Say I am blessed. I am blessed. I am not stressed. I am not stressed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I am well. I am well. I am blessed. I am blessed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My mind is blessed. My mind is blessed. My thoughts are blessed. My thoughts are blessed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a big shout in this house today. Reverend, thank you. Thank you for honoring our invitation. Have you been blessed so far? Yes. Let's have a church. Were you blessed? Yes. Do you need part two? Yes. An entire Sunday? Yes. Maybe a weekend? says he understands and he knows it didn't make sense at the time you asked the question the Lord says he understands and he knows and again I hear it is not your fault you don't have to take any blame for what he never cost it is not your fault you don't have to receive the blame for what he never cost how many of you enjoyed the woman of God where's your book woman of God one your food and mood let me ask you a question before I give the microphone would pound and yam change my mood
I, I, I love my pounded yam. Would pounded yam change my mood? <laughs> all right, I, 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 I believe you have copies of books around here. So at the end of the service today, she will be selling these books. I want you to buy. There are things that we pray out and there are things that we read out. Information is wealth. Someone said to me, why do you still buy books? I don't have your PhD. Why? A short pen is greater than a long memory. Buy books and bookmark them. Invest in these resources. It will bless you. It will bless you. Do you know it's not compulsory that every seminary and Bible college or university must have to teach pastoral clinical counseling or anything that does with mental health? It is for your good. Sometimes doesn't cast it out. Sometimes just a piece of information changes the game. So the end of the service should be coming. I'll call up my wife again to do the final closure and reintroduction again. I don't have grace to do this thing, so she's the one. But ladies and gentlemen, hear me. Before I go, bring out your phone if you have an iPhone only. iPhone first. If you have an iPhone, bring it out first. You guys thought I was joking, right? If you have an iPhone, bring it out and go to your... Do you have um, camera on your Samsung? Does Samsung have camera? <laughs> Do you have camera on Samsung? Wow, you've been updated. Wow. Okay, if you have a camera, on, if you have an Android with a camera, you can't, I, I never, I, I don't know. Well, praise Jesus. Now, do something for me. Go on your camera, do a selfie, and lean on someone. Take a selfie. A selfie. Android users, a selfie is turning the camera to yourself. Android users, praise God. iPhone, praise God. When Emmanuel was using the iPhone, we always had a problem with our sound. When he was using the Android, we always had a problem with the sound. When he switched to... No, I'm talking to you. You, yeah. When you were using your Android... We have problem with the desk. Now you've turned to iPhone. We have good sound. Take it. <laughs> All right. Take a selfie with someone. And the hashtag will be... Are you ready? No, we started with mind wall. The hashtag will be... Mind victory. Hashtag mind victory. We won... We fought and we won. Hashtag mind victory. Mind victory. Pastor Triumph, you want to come out here quickly? Have you been blessed so far? Say, I have the mind of Jesus. There is no sickness, there is no disease. I am blessed. I am highly favored. Say, my mind.
My mind is blessed. Why do I feel like my mind is blessed on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this week, my mind will, my mind will, my mind will not drop. I don't care what the devil planned, your mind will be sturdy. Say this week, my mind will not fail in the name of Jesus. Jesus.